Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, hello. Welcome to Jules Says. Thank you for coming back. I really appreciate hearing from people and I appreciate that you take the time to listen. I always listen to podcasts while I'm driving or cooking or doing housework, things that don't require my visual attention, and I can just listen as I work. And I find podcasts keep me wider awake than music does sometimes. If I'm singing along, the music will keep me awake. Otherwise, podcasts all the way. I'm Julie, Jewel's grandmother. If you are a returning listener, you may be aware that I have, in the past, lamented the limitations of dermatologists a few times because I claim that their skills seem to be limited to diagnosing skin cancer, prescribing cortisone cream, and Accutane. And part of my frustration is personal I, for several reasons. First of all, years ago, when Catherine had lupus symptoms on her face— I know it's hard to believe now because her skin is poreless and smooth and perfect. But she had these um, these lesions on each cheek that looked like large cigar burns. They had to actually be filled in with makeup if she was filming or going on stage. And it took multiple specialists quite a few years to diagnose lupus, which, as it turns out, may still not even be quite the right diagnosis. But yeah, that. The delay in getting her melanoma diagnosed and removed, which I don't even know if she ended up seeing a dermatologist for that. Her current ongoing red nose situation, which she says is improving, but we'll see. And this thing on my hand that started out like a bug bite almost five years ago and just keeps growing and growing and growing. Cortisone cream, the go-to for dermatologists, didn't touch it at all, obviously. And I had pretty much decided that I would just have to keep cutting it down for the rest of my life. But a Jewel Says listener contacted me, thank you for caring, and advised me to just get the thing biopsied. I know it's not likely skin cancer, but we might as well be 100% sure. 
So I listened to the advice and wasted my time going to see the doctor, not the dermatologist, the regular doctor, who has apparently replaced my regular doctor, who I hardly ever see, and I refuse to refer to this guy as my doctor. I had never met him in person before, but about a year ago over the phone, he recommended that I start on some drug, I don't even remember what, for an issue that turned out to be temporary. And at the time, I said to him, so you, you're just going to prescribe this drug without considering any other options? And his response was basically, well, yeah, it's normal for women your age. Really? You know what else is normal for women my age? To be treated as though we're invisible. For our symptoms to be dismissed or diminished. To be prescribed drugs without any consideration for possible lifestyle changes first. It's one thing for a person to make the decision, okay, yeah, I'm not willing to change my diet or activity levels or try, so I just want the drugs. But for a doctor to not even consider or offer up that advice, I think is shameful. So I don't like this guy. I don't trust this guy. He is not my doctor. As far as I'm concerned, he is a temporary replacement and nothing more. Thankfully, I rarely have any reason to deal with a doctor. But I am getting old and that could change. And then there's this growth. So I decided to take the listener's advice and get it biopsied. I made the in-person appointment online And I specifically said in the request that the purpose of the appointment was to get this thing biopsied. It's all in my chart. And I stupidly assumed that getting a biopsy would be such a simple thing. I show up, you cut it out, you send it to a lab. So I got there, and he said he had to refer me back to the dermatologist. The referral will take four to six months. Seriously, I said. You can't just cut this out and send it to a lab? No, we want to get the equipment to do that, but we're too small a a practice. We just don't have it. Okay, I would not have bothered with an in-person appointment if I had known that. I put on the form that I was coming here to get this biopsied. We have to refer you. They could have referred me over the phone, but they probably can't bill OHIP, the Ontario Health Insurance Plan enough money, so they didn't want to just let me know on the phone. Really annoyed. So great. Now I have to wait another four to six months, which seems pretty stupid for such a simple thing. And obviously, if they thought it was urgent, they might get me in more quickly. But apparently, Toronto has a dermatologist shortage, even though their skill set is excruciatingly limited. I'm just glad the replacement doctor got paid for me to waste my time. It's probably not cancer anyway. I guess it will be good to have it confirmed with certainty. On another subject, I heard from another listener, well, it was actually a YouTube comment, about my BBC birthday episode. I wonder if maybe I should start including video with the podcast because it seems that some people listen to it on YouTube, which surprised me. There's just a picture. I mean, it would be pretty boring just video of me talking. I always assume no one would want to watch me talking, so I don't even record it. But anyway, some guy commented on my episode called A BBC Birthday, 
Everyone thought it was the other BBC. It's the British Broadcasting Corporation, LMAO. Uh, everyone? I pondered this for a minute. What else could BBC possibly stand for? I only think of it as the British Broadcasting Corporation. I had no idea what else it could possibly be, so I responded before Googling it, something to the effect of, I can't imagine BBC standing for anything but the British Broadcasting Corporation. I didn't ask him what else it could mean. Even though I'm an old boomer, I do know how to use Google, obviously. So after I responded, I figured I better Google it. Sure enough, the top responses were British Broadcasting Corporation. So I didn't know why, quote-unquote, everyone would have thought anything different. But then I scrolled down a bit. Ah, yes, there it was. Big Black Cock. Who knew? I didn't. But apparently, everyone thought old Grandmother Julie was talking about a big black cock birthday, which I suppose one could surmise might have been possible when I was young, even though I lived in the whitest little town imaginable. And in their defense, I do go back into stories from my youth. But I can assure you, I have had no such birthday. I was, in fact, referring to the British Broadcasting Corporation. If you haven't listened to the episode and you're expecting the other BBC... I'll just tell you now it isn't, so don't bother if that's what you want. I naively assumed that British Broadcasting Corporation was the only meaning of the BBC acronym. Speaking of big cocks, I just want to say that, at least for many women, the bigger the better is a total myth. Yes, it's true, I have voiced my agreement with Betty White that a vulva and vagina can take a lot— I think her words were something to the effect that that thing really takes a beating, you know, giving birth and everything else. And it can take a lot more than balls can handle, but there's a limit. Plus, who wants a dick that's too big for the mouth? Do you? Do you want your dick to be too big for your lover's mouth? Just saying. If you're not particularly well endowed, don't fret. We usually don't care if you have a great physique either. Rockin' a dad bod? That's okay. We still love you. Losing your hair? Shave it all off. We still love you. No ass? You're just legs to back? We still love you. We might like looking at pretty people once in a while, but being pretty with a long schlong will not make us love you. So if you're very average, just relax. We love you anyway. Have you heard? Audiobooks narrated by me, Julie McCarthy, are available on Audible and iTunes. American Teen Sisters Hannah and Tamar solve mysteries. Alora and her friends time travel to solve problems before they've even happened. Wholesome, clean fun for all ages and a welcome break from screens, even for kids who don't like reading. Why not give one a try? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I went to a local comedy show this week, a small, small venue, teeny tiny, maybe sat 25 to 30 people max in a little basement of a local bar. I went because it was hosted by a friend of the fabulous L.A.-based comedian Andrew Johnston, who you've heard on Jules Says Before, no less than three episodes. And this was the deciding factor. The show was advertised with a start time of 8.30 p.m., which is borderline doable for me. I happened to be quite exhausted that night. The day before, I had worked, then driven Violet to Sarnia and come right back. Normally, the round trip would have been about seven hours, but there was a lot of road construction and traffic on the way there, so it was a bit long. And it reminded me of how glad I am that I am not going to Sarnia and back every week or multiple times a week anymore. What a slog. Thank you, technology, for the ability to work remotely. I love you. But that morning, Abe and I had done our master swim session at 6.30. I am not a morning person. That is a tough thing for me to do. Then I had worked all day, and my niece Delilah had come for dinner, which Abe very generously cooked for us. I didn't buy tickets until Delilah and I were on our way because I really wasn't sure I wanted to go, just because I was tired. And I figured, eh, 8.30 start, I'll be out of there by 10 at the latest, fine. However, the show did not start until around 9 p.m., which I guess is pretty typical. But I just don't know how people do this on a weeknight. Maybe it's a way to make sure boomers don't come. I guess I fooled them. I shouldn't have counted on the 8.30 start, but anyway, we were there, so we stayed. Now... I am not a good audience member. I'm not a good comedy audience member. I'm a great symphony audience member because I watch and I listen. The thing is, I can't help it, but I also have an internal sort of monologue commentary as I watch. It doesn't matter what I'm watching, and I don't know why this happens. I'm no expert, but it just happens. And it's not just for comedy, it's for anything. And although I am easily moved to tears, too easily, even when something is in no way sad, even if something is just exceptionally executed or adorable, I rarely laugh out loud. Rarely. If something is funny to me, I'll think in my head, ha, that was clever, and I'll smile. But comedians want the LOLers in their audience, especially in the front row, which is why I never sit in the front row. I'm not worried about them picking on me. I just don't want my stoic demeanor to throw them off, particularly in a small venue where you're usually not dealing with hugely experienced big names. And this venue was very small. Which meant that even though I was in the middle of the third row and the house lights were down, I'm pretty sure the performers could see us. 
Thankfully, another of Andrew's friends, who is an enthusiastic LOLer, was sitting to my left. The host is gorgeous. Not that it matters for comedy, but the running commentary. I can't help it, and of course you can't miss how gorgeous she is. She confidently told some funny stories, engaged the audience a little, and told us that some of the lineup would be trying new material. So please be receptive and show them the love and laughs. Fine. I love that. I admire it. It's very difficult to write new material, and it's hard to know what works until you try it. I get it. Great. Bring it on. We are rooting for you. The audience wants you to kick it in the dick. Now, I would never presume to give notes to a comedian on their act. I know I don't particularly appreciate notes on any of my creative efforts, at least from people who've never really created anything similar. And I am much too gutless to get up there and do this myself. But I have to say, if you are a performer, please trust me when I tell you from the perspective of an audience member that we want you to do well. We are counting on you to be confident, even if you're trying new material. We don't want to cringe. We want to see that big dick energy. We don't want to see you defeated by a joke that doesn't land. We're on your side. We're rooting for you. So if something you try doesn't land, please, please do not blame and shame the audience. Several times that night, from multiple people, not everyone, but a few, we were told things like, Hey, it's a joke. Yeah, we know it's a joke. You're on stage with the mic. You're the comedian. Do you want us to fake laugh? If this was meant to be an opportunity to try new material, I guess now you've learned that something about your joke didn't land, at least not in this room. Try it again with another audience and see what happens there. One guy said something to the effect of, Oh, well, I guess there are too many women in the audience. Yeah, we're half the world and we're allowed out now. The men weren't laughing either, by the way, so stop blaming the women. The other thing that's off-putting, because it shows a lack of confidence, and we are counting on you to be confident up there, is saying things like, uh, okay, um, uh, uh, what else? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, here's another joke. Listen, I know it must be hard to be up there with all of us looking at you, so please, please be better prepared than that. If you need a notebook or recipe cards or your iPad or your phone to keep going, just use them. I get it. If I were up there, I'm sure I would draw a blank too. It's scary. This is why you have to be better prepared. Because when you draw a blank for a full minute, we start feeling badly for you. Not because we're mean, but because we're rooting for you. You're the alpha. You have the mic, and now we're worried about you. So if a joke doesn't land, please just accept it, laugh it off with confidence, and move on. We still want you to win, and we're eager to hear what's next. Maybe this next one will be better. And of course, it goes without saying that all humor isn't for everyone, and maybe this audience isn't your tribe. But don't shame us for that. If people heckle you or they're rude, fine, go ahead and deal with that. But if we're paying attention, we're hoping you nail it. 
One young guy was doing so well. He had a nice pace. He constructed his points well. He didn't pace around too much. I liked him. Of course, my internal commentary was breaking down why his points didn't really add up, along with all those other positive things. But that's me. I was also noting his confidence, his voice, the good points in my head. And I know I'm not the best audience member, but I was attentive and smiling. Everyone else in the room was attentive, too. No one in the audience was heckling or acting offended. He had us all listening. He was confident, articulate. But no one laughed. Not even Andrew's friend, the LOLer, to my left. Then he said something like, Come on, it's a joke. I'm just joking. Pause. Then he explained, broke down the joke as though we hadn't understood it, which we had, then said something to the effect of women in the audience, you can't joke about anything anymore, but it was a joke, then, okay, well, uh, I got something else, I'll try something else. Another pause. Then he looked at us and said, fuck it, I won't, I'm done, and walked off. Actually, he almost stormed off in a petulant huff. I felt terrible for him. We all gave him a hand anyway, but I think the host must have felt a bit awkward when he handed her the mic as he stormed off. Ugh. I should also mention that there were some great moments that night. I've kind of focused on the negative, but there were some really good moments. One woman had some clever, confident callbacks to one of the previous guy's material, and I do so appreciate a clever callback. So yeah. I'm not a comedian, I'm not a critic, I'm not a writer. Why would anyone listen to me? I'm just a muggly old boomer who rarely laughs out loud. But I've watched a lot of shows, so I'm a very experienced audience member. If you have the mic, you're the alpha. Please own it. Keep up the big dick energy, even if you have to fake it, and don't blame the audience if you don't get the reaction you'd hoped for. We really are rooting for you to win, or we wouldn't be there. By the way, the Toronto Fringe Festival is on this week. Plays, 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 and more plays. Some of them start at 10.15 p.m. I won't be seeing any of those. But I am making a point of not missing out on everything this time. There will probably be some not-so-great shows, and there will probably be some nuggets of gold. But one thing the pandemic lockdown did for me was made me appreciate the value of art, particularly live performances. I hope you support live theatre, music, dance, comedy in your community. Let me know what you think. You can DM me on Instagram at Jewels Says, or you can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.